This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The Big Interview with Offscript. All right. You've styled this up as a big interview. Let me tell you, this is not, with the greatest of respects, to Damien Groves. We're not talking to a physician who is changing the way that we look at the world. We're not talking to someone who has climbed Everest. An explorer. We're talking to an everyday Joe. But, however, that, that being said... That being said, it's a wonderful little story, this. So, oh, I like what you're doing. Setting the scene, Robert. Right. So for this, I'll start with the following. This, David, uh, Damien Groves, rather. He's a cycling enthusiast turned amateur <laughs> I like him already. Who for about eight weeks donned Batman's cape. And we're giving a real kind of... Hyperbole. We're hamming this up a bit. We're massively hamming this up. But this is a <laughs> mental story. This is truly... Okay. I think you're going to enjoy this. So... We're going back to June 25th of this year, Robert. Keep that music going because it's setting the scene. Okay. And we're heading for Newcastle under Lyme in Staffordshire. Way, man. Okay, no, that's Newcastle upon time, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is Newcastle under Lyme. Sorry, I don't have an Staff- accent for Newcastle under Lyme. <laughs> in Staffordshire. Why, right, man? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Right. right, so Damien Groves, he's a semi-professional cyclist. He works as a plasterer. That's not important, but his partner, who's a fellow cyclist, her name is Emily Smith. She's a former... Oh, yeah, yeah I know, Emily I Smith. Think, I did think that. Wow. Uh, she is a former police officer turned military athlete. She rides for the British Army Enduro team, okay? So these are two uh, individuals who take their cycling seriously. Okay. Now, four professional bicycles therefore professional bicycles worth a cool £36,000 Rob wow quick maths on that 7,840 about 160,000 dirhams worth of kit my goodness me okay Belonging to the, the cyclists couple. have got more money than sense, yeah, it's mental. They? 160 grand on four bikes, it's madness. But they were stolen from Damien's parents' house on this fateful night of June the 25th. And I'm going to let Damien now pick up the story from here. You want to stick with this? This is mental stuff. I'll let Damien pick up the story. Because we called the police, and it's you know they sent forensics, and not a great deal came of that to begin with. Well, at all. So we started the insurance process straight away and in the meantime I just asked some questions locally like with you know I've lived uh, in this area a long time like well most of my life I wouldn't say there's not many people I don't know but you know I know enough people who know people sort of thing so anyway a few days went by and it came to my attention that somebody was trying to sell for expensive mountain bikes and they were alleged to be mine um, locally so I went to the police with this information and the names have been given and the police just they, they, I think quite rightly so really they just said well unless your source is prepared to give a statement we, we can't do that you can't just go knocking on doors because someone's pointed the finger we'd be at it all day which I think is probably fair enough um, from that point of view but they did the police did let slip to me that those names were known to them um, they just said they're not known to us for violence, but we can't tell you any more than that. So, you know, make of that what you will. 
Right then, that's the voice of Damien Groves. We're only scratching the surface oh. of this story. So he reaches out to the police. They come. Forensics come. They don't do much of Commissioner a job. Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon is nowhere to be seen. They kind of dust <laughs> down some fingerprints. They're not interested. They say to Damien, listen, reach out to your insurers. He's like, well, that's going to get me nowhere. And essentially, he's left a little bit puzzled by their reaction. And he's out of pocket. He's lost four professional bicycles worth a cool 160,000 dirhams. So... Where does he go from here? Well, he wasn't going to let this lie, was Damien, although he was quickly in for another shock. So we then did the whole Instagram, made the bikes too hot to handle, blah, blah, blah. And then an Instagram account, like a new account opened up and um, and messaged, uh, started messaging me saying, see, you know, I've got your bikes here. Leave £4,000 in this location and I'll leave your bike somewhere else. So I obviously was like, you know, I'm not leaving for like, you know, come on, be get real sort of thing. I'm not going to just leave four thousand pound in an envelope in a, in an up an alleyway for you. Anyway, so we we haggled, got it all the way down to. I I agreed I would gamble. I would leave three hundred pounds, and he would leave one bike, and then we'd do it that way. Right. Um. So we agreed. So we agreed on that. I left three hundred pound, walked away. Essentially, I didn't get a bike back. I was just ripped off for another three hundred then. Um, and this wasn't a chance that this person knew things about the bikes and um, address, you know, the location they'd gone from. That you would only know if they'd, if you'd done it. So, Whoa, he lost another 300. The individual or individuals behind this theft have the goal to reach out to Damien through an Instagram page. They extort him, essentially. He whittles them down to 300 quid, leave a bike in said location. I'll leave the 300 quid here. He does that. No bike turns up, and he's another 300 quid in the hole. Now, he contacted the police again. He knocks on their door. He's got Instagram accounts. He's explained what's happened. Still no progress. Three or four weeks later had gone by, and I just couldn't let it go. I just, it was keeping me, well, me and my partner, it was just keeping us awake. I don't, I don't know whether that's right or wrong. I just felt, I felt let down by the police. I felt like, um, you know, obviously annoyed that someone had, yeah. Just you can imagine the whole range of emotions. So I made the decision basically that I was either going to have to let it go and get on with my life, or do try and try to do something about it. I didn't want to just be a victim that just sort of whinged that did nothing. So, so anyway, I literally went to took to Google of all places uh, and just put in private investigator, um, and it came with, with a, a website called Bark dot com. Right. And you you literally put your Scenario, what you know, whether you're looking for a car, a person, or whatever it may be, and uh, and it and it posts it up, and then various private investigative investigative firms will should reach out to you and say, you know, I think we could do this. And anyway, so they, then this one this one guy from a, who owns a company called Fort Brave, he rang me up, and he was the he was the only one that a rang me, and b he he asked more questions rather than just saying yeah we'll take this on he he, he asked me a lot of questions before he said right I think I can help you um, and, and the, his company specialised in retrieving bikes cars people you name it if you've lost if it's gone missing they, they, they are the ones to look for it sort of thing right okay so Damien has gone down the route he's googled private detective <laughs> and he's found a private investigator right it's at this point this story takes so many twists and turns that a Hungarian cycling enthusiast he gets in touch to say that he's seen the bikes posted on a Polish sales site 
Okay, so remember, Damien's quite well known in the semi-professional cycling community. I think him and his Mrs. Emily, they've got about 20,000 followers on Instagram, so they're oh, well wow. known. So Hungarian cycle enthusiast, you know, they've posted wanted uh, pictures up on social media. This guy sees it, he says, listen, I think I've seen your bikes. They've been posted on a Polish sales website. Now, the newly recruited private investigator, meanwhile, it turns out he's pretty good at his job. He's tracked the person who posted the bikes, about 12 bikes in total in actual fact, for sale, he's posted them online, to an address in Leicester. Okay, so Newcastle underlined down in Staffordshire. We're now heading to Leicester. Of course, home of the Foxes, Premier League champions back sure. in 2015-16. Yeah, important to and mention that. at this point that the search went high-tech. I text these links to the, to the police officer that's handling my case, and I text them to my private investigator. The police just... I'll be honest, they didn't really give me great communication. I don't know what they did. I think they just passed the URLs to their tech team, whatever. But my PI came back within, you know, well, he was texting me at like midnight, like, I hope you're awake, look at all this information. And, and basically he tracked the URLs and the username back to a to a man in Leicester. And then, um, but by this point it was dark. It was like the middle of the night. So as soon as it was light the next day, we had an operative there. We put a drone in the air, and you could match the background of the adverts with my bike in with a garden. You could match things in the garden, like like, um, like a kid's seesaw, and and there was like bike parts in the garden and things like this. So it's like you'd got the adverts of my bike there with these all these things and like um, prominent features of this person's garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like here's some drone footage. It's clearly the same place, and these bikes are being advertised here to be sold in Poland. Right, you heard that correct. They got an operative to this address in Leicester. They got a drone up in the sky and they were able to locate the address of where his bikes were clearly displayed uh, displayed in these pictures. But Damien was still getting nowhere. He was told by Staffordshire Police to contact Leicestershire Police, but that a search warrant for the property was then turned down. Damien's PI then gets back in touch to tell him that it's his understanding that Leicestershire Police, they've washed their hands of this. They've actually closed the case as the Crown Prosecution Service over in the UK had said that the evidence was circumstantial. Right, so he's beating his head oh. against a brick wall. His bikes have been nicked, he knows where they are, and yet the police are doing absolutely nothing. In Damien's own words, it's heartbreaking. He's £2,500 deep at this point. That £300 payment to the would-be thief. He's also spent a lot of money on the private investigator, but then a brainwave. So I had a chat with the PI then, and we agreed the last chance saloon was present this person with all the information we'd got about him and, and his whereabouts and what he was buying and selling and how he was moving them that we'd managed to figure out and just say, we literally just presented him in with a brown envelope and on an email and on all the known sort of avenues of contact for this person. He just said, give us these four bikes back or we're going to the police. Obviously, he didn't know that we'd already been and had no success. Um, and he literally, he just panicked and was like, you can have the bikes, but they're in me, they're in the back of me truck and I'm, I'm virtually in Poland with them now. <laughs> right. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, this is so, unbelievable. So the bloke panics and says, don't get me in trouble. I've got your bikes, but I'm already uh, in Poland with them. So what did they do? So my PI says to me, he's like, right, well, he's willing to hand them over. And he said that you can either have them tomorrow in Poland or you can wait till Monday uh, when he brings them back to Leicester. 
and he said he said but you need to bear in mind you're going for some mountain bikes and he's probably just um like a metal man but ultimately he could be some super gnarly gangster you don't know so for your own safety you're going to have to have like professionals do this drop for you and it's going to be cheaper in poland plus then your bikes will be in the possession of someone you trust quicker yeah, yeah. and all this sort of thing so i'm like right okay how much to do the drop tomorrow in poland he's like right they, they want to put six six close protection officers in a van and an armored car to come and collect them and i'm i said i was like this this feels a bit overkill for some i know they're expensive and we've gone to length but they're still mountain bikes and he said look you, you know you're going for mountain bikes they don't know who we are they might be trafficking people for all you know obviously we, we don't know so so I said I agreed to it that cost another £1,700 then um, and then that basically went through as planned they met the following day there was a little bit of back and forth they took them to a second location but eventually they did just hand the bikes over um, and it was like amazing great success you know like this this sort of massive sort of euphoric feeling and then like 60 seconds later it occurred to me right now my bikes are in Poland how do I get them back from there he's right. dropped a heck of a lot of money as well on route to getting them back well uh, just shy of £6,000 and you did hear right there he essentially got six heavies did <laughs> Damien and an armoured car wow to meet this fella to get the bikes off a bit overkill I think but it was safer so with that Damien left for Poland on August the 18th. This was some eight weeks after the bikes were first stolen. I looked into flying out there, but then the nearest airport still involved, like, renting a van and then flights home with bikes were expensive, and blah, 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 and it just became obvious that the quick, that as ludicrous as this sounds, the quickest and cheapest option was going to be to just to drive to Poland, pick them up and drive home. So, uh, so yeah, the lad, a lad that I actually work with in my day job, he just said, I'll come with you, give me 20 minutes notice, pack a bag. So I did. I phoned him up at 9 o'clock and said, the the, uh, the tunnel's booked for any time after midnight. I'll pick you up in half an hour, and that was it. We went. We, we left at 9.30 on the Friday night. I was in, uh, I was in literally the middle of Poland, um, which I won't lie, it was like driving into a war zone where at the place I went to, it was a bizarre place. And I think because we'd been awake for so long, we'd been, we, you know, we'd driven from 9.30 till at night on Friday till 10.30 on Saturday night. You're exhausted, your imagination's running wild a bit, there's a lot going on around, you know, it's like a, it's a busy built up area. And then, yeah, sort of taken through a gated entrance, signed some forms, big steel door opened and there was my bikes and it was just... We just had to, we rolled them back through town quick as we could, straight in the van, and we basically just shift drove through the night. And we, I was back in Cali for uh, two o'clock in the afternoon Sunday. I was back, I was back home for midnight Sunday. That so is incredible. 40, well, 50 hours, in fact. It took just over 50 hours. It was a 2,229 <laughs> mile round trip to retrieve his bikes. It cost them £6,000 to get the, the bikes. The bikes are worth back. nine grand, and the, it cost no, them six the, to get no, them back. The, the, the bikes are worth £36,000. Oh, so £36,000. dirhams. He right. spent the best part of about 30,000 dirhams to get these bikes back. But after eight weeks, the police did nothing. They weren't interested. Quick that word is. on that. He said that the fellas that he worked with were, were nice enough at Staffordshire Police and Leicestershire Police. The big thing that he came down hard on, Damien, it's the policies. The, 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 red rules, tape. the red tape, the rules and regulations in place. Essentially, thieves 
are laughing at us commoners right now in the UK and he had to take it into his own hands to get his bikes back. It cost him £6,000, but he would do it again, he said. He's got the bikes back. They're locked up. They're padlocked. They're in a shed. They're properly safeguarded. And uh, yeah, I'd off my cap. Sometimes a PI is the way forward. What about this for a start? Just sticking with it for a second, because according to figures published in June by the House of Commons Library over there in the the UK, there were 77,201 reported bicycle thefts in 2022, but almost nine out of 10 were left unsolved. No suspect was identified in 89.2% of cases. Wow. So in that, you know, with that regard... Damien just said, you know, enough's enough. You know, these guys, it, it, you know, it pays, unfortunately, certainly in the UK, it pays to be a bike thief. It does, and I suppose a lot of people go, well, it's just bikes. But these as things, as out, I am learning, having yeah. been cycling with producer Rog, the amount one can spend on a bike is certainly, you know, it's it's more than you would Excessive. spend on your average car. Absolutely, bleeding. Look, it is. And that's the point that Damien made. I think he said in the UK, certainly, cycling's gone up 4,000% since the COVID pandemic. And he's pointing out that a lot of people take their cycling seriously, spend huge sums of money on the latest kits, the best bikes. And these thieves are coming along, pinching their bikes, mm. and they're laughing at the system with which they exploit. So, yeah, well done, Damien. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.